been through something. That's why, you know, we all are very much aware of the movie of called The Passion of the Christ. The word passion means the suffering of the Christ, the endurance of the Christ. You know, oftentimes uh, churches will put on reenactments of crucifixion or and resurrection, and they'll call it a passion play. Passion means to suffer. It means something that you feel so strongly about, something that you feel such conviction about that you're willing to suffer for it. That's what passion means. Now, I'll tell you, I love to play golf. I really, really do. I love, I really enjoy playing golf, except when it's too hot which is most of the time in Texas, right? And I don't like to play when it's too cold either. Now, you can get around the heat if you will get up early and you'll go out to the course and get your your group together and your tee time's around 8 o'clock in the morning or so, then you can finish before it gets too incredibly hot. Only problem is I don't really like to get up early on my day off and spend four or five hours and by the time you finish the round, it's beginning to get hot. And I really enjoy playing golf when I'm playing with people that I know and people that I enjoy being with. And I don't really like to go out to the course and just get paired up with somebody that I don't know and have to play with a foursome that, you know, I don't know anything about them or whatever. And so, so even though I love to play golf, if I can find days a year when it's not too hot and it's not too cold and it's not too early and it's not too wet and it's not too dry and I can find when people that I want to play with are going to be there well then I'll play golf. I love to play golf. But I seldom ever play golf because I'm not passionate about it. Now if I was passionate about playing golf it wouldn't matter how hot it was. I'd get up and I'd go out and play. Or how cold it was. Or who was going to play. Or what time it took. If I was passionate about it, I would be willing to sacrifice for it because it would mean more to me than my comfort or my convenience. So what are you passionate about? What are you willing to suffer for? And that's what I want to talk to you about today because the Apostle Paul was passionate about about something that I think you and I should be passionate about. The passage I want to look at today is found in Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, we're going to begin reading in verse 18. The setting here is that the Apostle Paul has finished what we know as his third missionary journey. He had spent about three years in the city of Ephesus, which is in Western, modern-day Western Turkey, right on almost the coast of the Aegean Sea. He'd been there about three years, and so he left there, and he went up back up across the Aegean Sea into Europe, into Macedonia, which is north of Greece, where the Philippian church was, or the Thessalonican church, or the Berean church. And then he made his way down to southern Greece, which we call Achaia, where Corinth was, and he was there at Corinth for several months, and 
while he was there, he wrote the book of Romans. And in the book of Romans, he tells them, now I'm headed to Jerusalem. Because Paul had been collecting an offering, financial offering, from the Gentile churches. Because he wanted to take this offering back to Jerusalem to the Jewish church there, the the Christian church there, made up primarily of Jewish believers. And there was such a a rift, there, there, there was such racial tension between the Jews and the Gentiles. They had just been there for thousands of years. And now these Jews and Gentiles are becoming followers of Jesus Christ, and they are part of the same body of Christ, And but they hadn't totally learned how to coexist and get along and accept each other in all cases. So Paul made a big deal with the Gentile churches that he had established about giving an offering to the poor saints back in Jerusalem as a way to say thank you for the gospel that you made known to us and as a way of helping them and showing love to them and creating unity in the church. So Paul is on his way back to Jerusalem, yet everywhere along the way he keeps getting warned about trouble coming. Now on his way back, he stops in a little place called Miletus, and it's about 30 miles from Ephesus. Now he doesn't want to go back into the city of Ephesus because he's afraid he'll get caught up there. He's got some time constraints. He's trying to get back to Jerusalem by the time Pentecost happens. So he sends for the pastors and the elders of the churches there in Ephesus to come join him at Miletus. And there he gives them what we know as his final farewell to them. And he's going to tell them, as we'll read in a minute, you're probably never going to see my face again. But let's pick up in verse 18 in his final charge to the church leaders there at Ephesus. He says, when they arrived, when the church leaders arrived at Miletus, he said to them, you know how I have lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish companions. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I have taught you publicly and from house to house. And I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. In verse 19, 
verse 22, it says, Paul said, I am compelled by the Spirit, bound by the Spirit, to go to Jerusalem. Paul said, the Spirit of God has gripped my heart. He, he has bound me up. He used that word in the same way that we will say to, of, of someone, well, that person is bound and determined to do something. Paul says, I am bound and determined to go to Jerusalem. But I don't know what's waiting. Then he says, but what I do know is the Holy Spirit tells me in every city I go in, the Holy Spirit tells me, warns me, that prison and suffering awaits me. He says, doesn't matter. I don't value my own life. What I value, he says, is this. Finishing the race that the Lord has given me and completing the task, the task of testifying of the grace, the good news of the grace of the gospel. Paul was very clear about his purpose. He was very clear about his race and about his task. Paul knew exactly what he was supposed to be doing. And he said the finishing of this task of testifying to the good news of Jesus means more to me than anything. And I am willing to suffer for it. Paul was passionate about this. It doesn't matter to me all the reasons that I keep being told about why I don't need to go do this. All that matters to me is finishing the race, completing the task of testifying to the gospel. He was very clear about his mission, clear about his purpose. And so I want to remind our church today, our church family, those of you watching right now, those of you here, I want to remind you that we need to be very clear about the task and the mission for which our church exists. Let us make no mistake about this. We exist for the purpose of telling as many people as we possibly can about the good news of Jesus Christ. And that all who come to know him by faith in Jesus, we then help get to know him better. That's called discipleship. So that they too might turn around and go out and tell other people about Jesus. That's the reason we exist, the task of testifying to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, there's a lot of things churches can get involved doing. There's a lot of things churches do get involved doing. There's a lot of good things out there, but it is not our task. And we need to be always be very careful when we stay on mission. Because there are many forces that are seeking to pull and tug and cause churches to get off our mission. And so I just want to say to you, we are not a political organization. Now, I have very strong political thoughts and feelings and convictions. If you ever want to talk to me about it, we can sit down and I can just wax eloquent about all the solutions I have to the problems of the world. I'm sure you can too. But you will never hear me talking about politics in the pulpit. Because that's not our task. That's not our mission. In fact, it's not our goal as a church to convert people to be Democrat or Republican. 
It's not even our mission to convert them to be good citizens of the United States. Our mission is to testify of the good news of Jesus Christ. So therefore, it's important that we don't get off on that tangent because if at any moment I were to make a political statement that shared somehow my political convictions as though everybody in the church ought to believe that, instantly I would alienate a portion of the congregation because not everybody here believes the same thing about politics. And the moment we did that, if our church took a political stand on things, then instantly one half of the people that drive by this church every day would no longer be able to be influenced by us. They would shut us off. They would stop listening. We are not called to be a political organization. We're called to testify to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. Let us not be unclear about that. We're not to be social warriors. We're not called to save the culture. It grieves me personally what I see happening to this nation. I know it does you too. It grieves me when I see some of the ills in this country and some of the some of the, the social things that are injustices and all those kinds of things. But brothers and sisters, we are not called to somehow get off on these social issues. Because if we do that, we will actually get off on a tangent because there is no solution to those social problems of the country unless Jesus Christ changes the hearts of people. And that happens when we testify to the gospel. So we're not called to be social warriors or cultural warriors. And we have to be very careful that we don't let that spill into the church and become part of our small group discussions or get online or whatever else. Because the moment we do that, we alienate certain segment of people who don't agree with us that we're supposed to be trying to reach for Jesus. We're not a social club. We're not a country club. The church doesn't exist so that we can have nice facilities so that our members can come and, and be comfortable and be convenient and have all these perks because they belong to a nice place. We exist for people who don't belong. We exist for people who aren't members. We exist so that we can reach out and reach those who don't know Jesus with the gospel. That's our task. That's our task. That's our mission. Now, when Paul said, I want to finish the race, finish the task, the race was, the task was to present the gospel, to share the gospel with as many as possible. The race was the particular sphere of influence that God had called him to, the course that he was to pursue while he was testifying. And so for Paul, for example, he had been called to be an apostle to the Gentiles. So look, for example, in Galatians chapter 2. Paul says in verse 7, On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, or the Gentiles, just as Peter had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the circumcised, or to the Jews. For God, 
who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the Jews, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. So for Paul, the race was to tell as many Gentiles as they possibly could about Jesus Christ. For Peter, his race was different. His race was to go primarily to the Jewish people. To the apostle John, his race was different. Peter and Paul died as martyrs. John lived to be a very old man and ended up exiled on the island of Patmos for his faith. Each of them had a different race, but their mission was the same. Their task was the same of sharing the gospel. And I want to submit to you today that that is the task of every one of us who know Jesus Christ. If you have heard the gospel yourself, and you have come to accept Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, that your task in life is to tell other people and share with them the treasure that has been entrusted to you. Now, your race, your sphere of influence will be different than somebody else's. For me, God has raised me up, saved me, called me, gifted me to be the pastor of this church. I've spent just about my whole adult life being the pastor of this church. But that's not your calling. For you, you may be a teacher. The race that God's called you to may be in an elementary school or a preschool. Maybe you're a child care worker. Maybe, maybe you're in retail or you're a salesman or you're a business owner. Maybe you're in the service industry or the food industry. Maybe you're in the medical industry. I don't know what your race is, but God has called each of you to live faithfully for him in the realm of influence that he has sent you to. But while you are running that race, living for Jesus in the realm where he has you going, you are to be testifying to the grace and the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are to be doing everything you can to testify and share the gospel with as many as you possibly can along the path of the race you're running. Now the Apostle Paul was passionate about this. He said, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm compelled to go there. I know God wants me to go there. And he says, I'm compelled. And all I know is this. Hardship and prison awaits me. But it doesn't matter. I'm willing to suffer if I can finish this race and complete the task of testifying
has given us an open door of opportunity right now, such as the brand new high school that will be opening in about two months right across the street, such as all these thousands of apartment complexes all around us, some under construction even now, such as the academy that God has given us with over 160-something families, over 200 children enrolled in our academy, and on and on, our young adults by the thousands who live in this area. So my question to you is this. You and I have been given the task of sharing the gospel in this realm of influence that God has given us, this race he's called us to run. Do you think it's going to require sacrifice to accomplish that task? Do you think it will be easy for us to go to the high school and to the academy and to the apartments? Do you think there won't be any resistance? Do you think there won't be require any kind of sacrifice? And I think the answer is no. If we're going to finish this race and we're going to complete this task, it's going to require sacrifice, suffering. Now, I don't know even as much as Paul knew. It's interesting, Paul says, I don't know what's going to happen to me when I get there, but the Holy Spirit keeps telling me it's going to be prison and hardship. Well, that's a lot. He knew a lot. Well, I don't know what's going to be coming. What I do know is this. I know that as you and I seek to testify to the gospel of Jesus Christ to this high school, these apartments, online, young adults, we're going to face opposition. Our enemy, the devil, is not going to lay down and just take that. He's going to fight that any way he can. And if you get involved, he's going to fight you. He's going to bring difficulty in your life. He's going to try to distract you. He's going to try to defeat you, discourage you. He's going to attack you. Now, if you want to live a comfortable Christian life, then just don't serve God. But if you want to run the race that's been set before you, and you want to be faithful to the task that's been given to you, then you're going to have to suffer and you're going to sacrifice. Because there's no way to be passionate if you're not willing to sacrifice, if you're not willing to suffer. Most of us are spending our lives doing things that we think are important 
and then if we have any time left over, we're willing to serve God with it. If we have any money left over, we'll give some of it to God. But the truth of the matter is most of us don't have much left over because we're so filled with, our lives are so filled with all these other things. For example, is it easier to stay home and watch the service online than it is to get up and come to church? There's some of you watching right now. Now, please don't misunderstand. I am not being curt. I am grateful to God for every person who's watching right now, every person who will watch through the years. I'm very grateful for the technology that we have the ability to do. And for some, you can't come because of maybe age. Maybe you don't even have transportation. Some, maybe it's not wise for you to come because of your health. Then I praise God for this opportunity. But there's some who are watching right now that you know you could have been at church today, but it was just easier to stay home. Just get up, don't have to get dressed, get a cup of coffee, bagel or something, just sit down and turn it on and watch. Do you do that? Do you think you're going to be able to really run the race? Are you going to really fulfill the task by taking the easy way? There's some of us who are here today. I mean, you're here. Praise God you're here. I'm not fussing at you. What I'm trying to say is this. There used to be a time when people were in church every time the door was open, and now if people show up once a month because they can work that into their schedule, then they, they feel good about it. But if you're going to be really running the race, if you're going to really be making an impact for the kingdom, if you're really going to be testifying to the good news of Jesus, you're really going to make a difference in the world, a difference in people's lives. And I'm telling you, you can't do it just when it's convenient. You can't take the easy way. You can't give God your leftovers. You have to decide this is something that is valuable. It is more important to me than whether or not it's convenient or whether it's easy. This is something I'm passionate about. I'm willing to suffer for it. I'm willing to sacrifice. Every one of us as believers in Jesus have been called by God to testify to the good news of Jesus Christ. And if we are not passionate about that, that is an indication of the fact that we aren't walking very closely with Jesus Christ. Because I want to tell you, God is passionate about reaching people. The Lord Jesus Christ himself was so passionate so willing to suffer to reach people that he stepped down out of the glories of heaven and he became a man and he suffered and he bled and he died rejected he died he suffered because he was that passionate and you know what the heart of God has not changed one iota since the moment in eternity past when God the Father said in his ultimate sovereign wisdom that the, he was going to create man knowing that man would fall and knowing that the only way that mankind could spend eternity with him would be if his son, the second person of the Trinity, would come, would suffer and die. And yet God the Father said he wanted a relationship with you so much he was willing to do that. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself 
felt so strongly about you that he was willing to come and bleed and die and suffer for you. And God's heart has not changed for all eternity. God's heart beats with passion for people. When Jesus was in this world, he would look out and see the multitudes, and it says he would be moved with compassion when he looked out and he saw them. One time he saw the crowds and he saw that they were oppressed and harassed, and he said to his disciples, pray to the Lord of the harvest that God will thrust labors into the harvest. They're like sheep without a shepherd. He was moved with compassion. And God's heart is full of compassion today for the thousands of people who live in this area who do not know him. And the gospel that we talked about last week, it has the power, it is the power of God to change their lives. It is how they will come to know him. There is no other way for them to come to know him. Are we convinced of that? Are we convinced that if they don't hear the gospel and believe the gospel, they're going to die and spend eternity without Jesus and without God forever separated from God in the lake of fire. If we believe that, because the Bible teaches that, then there ought to be some fire that ignites within us. There ought to be something in us that goes, I've got to do something about that. You and I have been entrusted with this treasure, this power that can change people's lives. You know it. God has put you in a, to run a race in a sphere of influence where you are, and God wants you to testify. Now, will it be convenient? No. Will you suffer if you do that? Most likely. But are you passionate about it? And what I've learned in my own life is this. The closer I walk with Jesus Christ, the more my heart beats for the same things that's on his heart. The closer I get to him, the more I care about what he cares about, and the more I love what he loves, and I hate what he hates. And so if I know he loves and is passionate about reaching souls for Christ, and I'm not, then that tells me how closely I'm walking with him. So you and I have been called. There are no exceptions to this. If you are a child of God, you have been given the treasure of the gospel. And you need to share it in your realm of influence. You've got to run the race that's been set before you, whatever that is. But the mission is the same. The task is the same for us all. Share the good news with them. Are you passionate about this? If you are not, then I hope that today you will evaluate and go, what is wrong with my relationship with God that somehow I, I've been maybe deceiving myself into thinking that I'm in love with God and everything's all right with me and God, that I don't care about what 